Welcome to the AHC podcast. Join us in conversation with experts, thought leaders, and colourful characters in the hairdressing industry and beyond. We'll be discussing stories and ideas to inspire, educate, and entertain, and most importantly, to help grow your business. If you'd like to listen to more AHC podcasts, you can find them on Spotify or Apple under the Australian Hairdressing Council. So are you ready? Let's do this. Hi there to all AHC members. Neil Osmond here. Lovely to be able to uh, re-engage and chat with you again about my favourite subject, and that's called spend suasion. That's right. Spend suasion is a very skillful art that helps you, helps your clients spend more in your salon. Today, we're going to be talking about the next phase. And if you would uh, like to, you can circle back and listen to part one uh, on the AHC podcast list, or today you can enjoy part two and circle back at another time. Part two is about engagement with your clients. And we spoke earlier about how to not only physically prepare your client, but more importantly, mentally prepare your client so that they are in a more open frame of mind for purchase. Today, we're going to talk about some of the tips and signals they actually give you and basically tell you that they want to buy. And sometimes, well, in a lot of cases, unfortunately, they sail straight past us and we miss the opportunity to engage. So let's talk about those. First and foremost, I'd like to talk to you today about buying signals. Buying signals are a very common uh, behavior that occurs between uh, client and stylist or colorist within a salon. However, they are rarely understood, let alone rarely understood what to do with them. So firstly, let's get a clear understanding as to what a buying signal is. A buying signal is a signal or indication, be it verbal or nonverbal, that tells a hairdresser that your client is ready to buy and really open to buy. But so often, so often, we miss these. So what is a buying signal? Well, let me share with you a story. Let me share with you a story about my wife and I going shopping. And what I want you to do for this moment is I want you to think about where the buying signals are. That's right. Whereabouts are the buying signals? What activities occurred in this true story that you would classify as buying signals? And more importantly, things that you could glean and ultimately take back to your salon. Well, first and foremost, uh, we live out on the northern beaches in Sydney, and uh, we're off down to Warringah which is a rather large, I think it's an A-grade shopping centre uh, here on the northern beaches. And we were walking along and we turned the corner uh, in the mall, um, as it's called, and we turned the corner and lo and behold, here's this big, dirty four-letter word, big sign. Um, you know you know what it is, girls, that's right, sale. And with that, I could almost uh, feel the spring in my wife's step as she headed towards her first shoe shop experience. My wife's a bit of a shoe girl and uh, has a rather vast collection. So my wife goes into this uh, into this shoe shop and she actually tries on these um, pair of shoes with other, rather with a rather high heel. And my wife has these magical pair of feet that just seem to fit shoes um, on on display, so obviously quite a tiny foot. But more importantly, um, here she is trying on this on this shoe, looking in the mirror, you know, toe, heel in the air. You can see what she's doing. She's twisting and turning and looking at the shoe. Saturday morning it is, and uh, lo and behold, uh, this young 
girl walks over towards my wife and I'm just standing just outside the shop just observing and uh, this young girl walks up, plods over rather slowly and awkwardly and comes up to my wife and has this most unusual name, um, which I found a little bit surprising and why uh, her parents would call her trainee, I really don't know. But anyway, um, young girl looks up at my wife and says, oh, hi, can I help you? And my wife uh, looks at these shoes and looks back at her and says, um, yeah, did these come in black? And the young girl looks at her, pauses for a minute and goes, um, I'm not too sure. I'll, 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 I'll go and have a look. And with that, slowly but surely, heads off out the back of the shoe shop and never to be seen again. My wife turns to me, shakes her head, slips the shoe off, pops her own shoes back on and says, come on, let's go. We'll, we'll be here for ages. And I'm thinking, great, great. Wife's credit card's going to get a miss today, so that's exciting. <laughs> so anyway, we start wandering, and and next thing you know, we go around the next corner to my wife's, of course, favourite shoe shop, and there's that big, dirty four-letter sign hanging above the shoe shop, sale. And there was definitely a spring in her step at this point. So in she pops, and uh, she tries on a uh, another pair of shoes, again, with this really high heel. My wife's an ex-gym teacher, so great set of legs, so loves that really like, loves that really high heel on a pair of shoes. So uh, she's standing there again, you know, toe down, heel up in the air, swinging around, sort of looking looking at the uh, shoe. And um, this lady walks over towards her uniform and, again, has this rather strange name um, and why her parents called her manager, I really don't know. But as uh, the manager looks at my wife and goes, oh, wow, that make your legs look great. And with that, my wife does the little, you know, that little shirky twist, you know, girls, you know what it's like, a little bit of a blush and she sort of, uh, oh, you know, and um, but smiles back in return. And the manager just ponders and looks at the shoes ever so quietly. And then my wife turns around to her and says, um, do they come in black? And the manager says, well, actually, yes, I'm pretty sure they do. And if I can get your size, would you like me to bring them out? My wife says, yes, please. And off the manager goes. And with that, my wife, rather slowly but comfortably, turns around, slips the shoe off, slips her own shoes back on, and lo and behold, now takes two steps towards the till and reaching for her credit card. Hmm. True story. So where was the buying signals? There were quite a few. Firstly, there were what we would call the non-verbal cues, and for those of you who are thinking about buying signals, the specific non-verbal cues, in this case, was trying on the shoes, obviously. My wife wouldn't have tried them on if she wasn't at least interested or open or even considering buying them. But here's the real big buying signal that most of you would miss, and that is when she says, do they come in black? Now, let's just think for a moment, why was my wife asking that question? Why? Well, she was obviously thinking, wasn't she? She was thinking, yes, if they come in black, um, I'd really like to grab them. So she was actually using a question to actually find out whether she could buy these shoes. Now, unfortunately, the trainee had not been skilled in this area of communication, but the manager had. And the manager was very well aware what was she was being asked for. And she was being asked, if you can find them in black, I'll buy them. So how many of those questions do you get during a consultation, during a conversation? 
during an interaction with your clients? See, buying signals are questions that get asked from people who are curious and are wanting to qualify, can they purchase? Most of us don't make it easy for people to buy. We actually make it a little bit awkward. So think about the buying signals. Oh, by the way, a buying signal is any question you get asked, even price, any question you get asked. They are asking that question because they're thinking about buying it. So how can you make it easy for your client from that point to say yes? Not make it awkward, just make it super smooth and super easy because that's what spend suasion is all about. The other skill that we like to engage with clients is, well, for starters, let's talk about uh, the commercial side of our business, and that is increasing our patients or our clients' uh, spend while they're in salon. And we do that through an old-fashioned term, which is called the upsell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, upsell. God, I hate that word, sell. Anyway, um, an upsell is when we increase the commitment within the service category we're working. Now, simplest example of all, client comes in and she's having maybe just a, you know, a T-section foils and we maybe, you know, add some other highlights or expand uh, the quantity of foils. So that's an expansion or an increase of the activity that we're currently working on. What I'd like to do is I'd like to talk to you about ways that we can increase that ever so easily. Uh, there are many, and in our course, we cover quite a few, but the term is how to upgrade a client. So you would never say to a client, oh, well, look, we've got this really great upsell, yet we would say to a client frequently, uh, we have this really great upgrade offer. See, the easiest way to upgrade a client is right from the telephone, right from the get-go. When they call in and say, oh, look, I'm due for my colour again, and you go, that's fine, Jenny, not a problem. Um, what day of the weeks do you want? I've got a Tuesday or a Thursday. Would either of those fit? Um, I can do 10 o'clock or 2 o'clock. Which would you prefer? Um, you know, those types of guiding questions that we do to, to guide a, uh, a client into the right spot in the appointment book. But the upgrade is very simply this. And she says, yeah, look, I want to book in for my colour. And you go, look, that's fine, Jenny. I'll mark you in for 2 o'clock on Thursday. Oh, by the way, would you like a treatment with that? Um, yes. Oh, that's great. I'll just mark out an extra 30 minutes for you there. Um, and if that's the case, we then say, that's really great, Jenny. See you at, two, at 10 o'clock or sorry, two o'clock on Thursday, uh, for your color and treatment. And if she says no, you simply use those magic four words. Uh, that's not a problem. And you say, see you Thursday, two o'clock, uh, for your color and you hang up. Now, what we know is over 60% of people, all they get asked, would they like a treatment with their color? Say yes. Now, by the way, you're not selling them treatments. You're selling them space. You're selling them time. You're marking out the appointment book. So don't get caught up in what type of treatment. That conversation will happen when they come in salon. But just use that one single tip, and straight away, you'll be adding extra services uh, to all of your colour work. But more importantly, let's talk about what sort of uh, personality you are, what sort of communication style do you have. And basically, I see three. Um generally in our industry. The first is what I call a teller. Now, the teller is someone who is very skilled, very passionate, very, very passionate about what they do in their industry, love working with hair, and love all the creative aspects that we can create with hair. However, the teller behavior, unfortunately, is to over-deliver information 
and sometimes even to the point of uh, they talk too much, they can't stop stop themselves talking, which is not a very nice place to be. But tellers are very, very passionate people and they really over-deliver information. They're overly enthusiastic. They make it a lot about their knowledge. They make it a lot about what they could do and they make it a lot about all the other things except for the client. That's right. Tellers don't ask, unfortunately, many questions. What they do do is they ask um, they are actually talking too much that sometimes when they do ask a question, they answer it for the client. Hmm. So if you're one of those, well, what can you do? Well, firstly, if you find yourself talking too much, it's normally around the same time that your client actually sends you a bit of a signal. And that is that the signal is that their eyes are glazing over and they're not really listening to you at all. So what I want you to do when you, is when you realize you're talking too much and or you see that behavioral pattern from your client, I just want you to stop. I want you just to stop mid-sentence. And I want you just to check in with the client. Now, all of my clients, as you would know me by now, are Jenny. So I simply would say, oh, Jenny, can I just check in? How's that sounding so far? Jenny, can I get a little bit of feedback on that? Whatever the open-ended question is you're going to use. Now, while you're doing that, you also take a very deep belly breath. Because while you were racing along, doing all the talking, you were panting, you were chest breathing, and doing so only makes you talk faster. So by Jobs, how do we navigate that space? So all you need to do is you need to just stop, ask an open-ended question to check in, and belly breathe. And by doing so, all that anxiety and pressure will escape you, and lo and behold, you'll get back to a normal balanced level of conversation. Oh, by the way, conversation, definition of conversation is when two people talk, not one. Hmm. The second most popular uh, style I see is what I call a seller. Now, by the way, a seller is um, not someone who's into selling, but rather into sale. That's right. And they are very price sensitive people and they are very price conscious about how much a service costs the client. That's right. They are very, very price conscious indeed. Why? Because, well, lo and behold, most people ask what the price is. So therefore, they get very conditioned as to thinking that price is actually part of the decision-making process. Well, you and I both know that that's not quite the case at all. And if anything, uh, what sellers need to do is get to understand that it's not about the price. It's what people get for the price. And if they've had a major restyle, it is also about how to look after their look at home. See, your ears burn most mornings because the clients that you did yesterday are up in the morning swearing and cursing because they don't know how to recreate that look that you created in the salon yesterday. See, so sellers need to put the pricing issue aside and really focus on the value because value is what people buy today. It's what you get for your money. It's not how much you spend. The third and final is what I call as a persuader. Persuaders are very smooth operators. You would know them. They're normally the highest turnover team member. They also have the highest level of retail, the highest level of rebook. And you look at her and go shake your head rather than look at her and go, hmm, success leaves clues. Hmm, what is she doing that I could do? What is it that she does that works so well? And nine times out of ten, what you'll notice is the persuader has learned to ask really good questions and to shut up and listen to what the client has to say. This is incredibly powerful. And we guide the client through the use of questions, a true spensuasion convert 
And persuaders have learnt the Spensuasion skill of using questions to guide a client. See, talking at a client is not a way to persuade. After all, telling ain't selling. But to ask a client for feedback, for concerns, understanding their lifestyle, what it is about them, the more we make the conversation about them, the more people buy. The next category of old-fashioned language, we had the upsell. Now we have the cross-sell. Well, the cross-sell is when we take someone from one category of, say, colour to a treatment or a keratin treatment or a straightening service or a whatever it else it may be. And how do we do that? Gee, it's hard, isn't it, to move from one category to another? And maybe you even have a beauty section within your salon and you want to uh, refer them across. Well, you need to practice this skill. And there are three very distinctive ways to do so. But today, I just want to share one with you. And it's creating what we call a segue. A segue is just so simple. Now, by the way, a segue um, is in the English language is S-E-G-U-E, and that's not the two-wheel thing they ride around at the footy or over in New Zealand when you go for a holiday. It's actually a language that allows you to change the subject at will. So you can be talking about anything and then you can change the subject to what you want to talk about. Let me give you an example. Um, if you watch the project on Channel 10, I think it is, and they will openly joke about segues where they might say something like, an ambulance was called out today, uh, sorry, a fire engine was called out today to the corner of XYZ and XYZ due to a fatal accident and they had to use the jaws of life to you know, extract that person. Then funnily enough, they then say, oh, talking about fire engines on their way back to the station, they actually noticed to cut up a tree. So they go from this very uh, you know, sad, alarming story about someone dying or partially being injured in that to actually now using that same device to rescue a cat out of the tree. But what was the segue? The segue was talking about fire engines. So how can we use a segue? And it goes like this. In the English vernacular, there is a fantastic segue, and it's called, by the way. Oh, Jenny, by the way, did you notice our Christmas packs? Oh, Jenny, by the way, did you notice that we're actually doing a lot more balayage colour? And I think that would really complement your look. By the way, Jenny, did you notice our new treatment program? By the way, Jenny. So when you practice that and when you understand how to bring Spensuasion around that segue, you can introduce anything at any time. It's truly amazing. So what are some of the other things that I see in people's struggles um, in salon world? Well, primarily the really big one is um, selling retail. Uh, years ago, you know, we were quite well known to be the largest uh, seller of retail per capita in the world. And I'm going back quite a few years ago now where it wasn't uncommon to talk to salon owners that were selling 20, 30, 40% of their turnover uh, in retail. And we even had floor space constraints, all sorts of rather strange things based on what our world is like today. However, what we still know, regardless of what has changed in the world and lots of things have, people still buy from people who give them advice. It's just a fact. Now, also, on top of that, I want you to stop talking about it as product. I also want you to stop talking about it retail. I want you to start talking about ways that you can accelerate your clients' results at home. Mm. Change your language and you will change the results. Secondly, 
please do not ask what they use. The moment a brand comes out and they become defensive about their brand, they try to protect their brand, they try to explain to you that their brand is a really good brand, or even worse, you intimate that their brand is not that great, you are really questioning their buying ability or their maybe there's their girlfriend that's even referred to them. So just don't go there, guys. Ask them, what's their routine? How often are they shampooed? Do they do two lathers? Um, is it every day? Is it every other day? Is it what is it? What's their frequency? How often do they do a treatment? Um, how do they wear their hair to work? And how do they like to wear their hair at home? See, for me, as professional hairdressers, I grew up uh, learning to talk about retail um, from the shampoo, the conditioner, from the basin. We used to you know, come from the basin perspective. But today, the area where I believe every single home care conversation needs to start from is how a person styles their hair, be it male or female. Today, it is a highly, highly lucrative market. And if you actually start from explaining it to a client what they use to style, what they can use to finish, every single time you will get people wanting to know more and more information. And then you can simply just cycle back and say, well, would you like to grab a shampoo and conditioner with that? It's so, so simple. In closing, that's the hard part, isn't it? In closing, yes, that's right. How do we actually close a sale? How do we reach agreement? The first thing I want you to grasp is that reaching an agreement is in response to a question. Hmm. What do I mean by that? Most people make those, listen to those birds in the background. I've got a massive tree outside my office. Um, most people make an offer but very rarely attach the necessary question. And let me explain that to you. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is people say things like, oh, we've got some really great Christmas packs at the moment. Um, you can buy two products and you can get the third one free. Yep, and that's exactly what happens. Deathly quiet. Why? Because what you've done is just you've made an offer and there's no question. And see, to reach agreement or to close a sale, it is a question. How does that sound? Would you like to grab that? Would that make a good present? Do you think you, that someone you might want to grab that for for Christmas? Whatever that simple little question is on the end, that is the close, by the way, not the offer. So as you come into this really busy time of the year, think about how you are offering services, treatments, or products or packages to your clients. And more importantly, are you actually suggesting to them, would they like to grab that today? See, there's a number of different ways to actually coordinate these upsells, these cross-sells, and also, by the way, retail. But it all comes down to your comfort with saying, so would you like to take that with you today, Jen? Um, how does that sound? Can I get a little bit of feedback from you? Whatever that direct close is, is by far the most powerful skill that you can master. There are also indirect closes, and time doesn't allow me to dive into those today, but I simply want to suggest to you that when you ask a client, would you like to buy that, and there's basically one of two questions you're going to get or answers you're going to get, and that's either a yes or a no. That's right. And with a yes, we know what to do. I don't, you don't need my help with that. And with a no, you simply use that diffusing statement that we spoke about on our first recording, and that is those four words, that's not a problem in a downward flexion. So if they say, no, look, I think I'll leave it today, you say, that's not a problem. 
So when we get a no, we need to diffuse. And that's a critical behavior to make it easy for someone to get out of that perceived pressure they may feel. Because let's be frank, some clients will tell you they've been into salons and felt very uncomfortable when that pressured part of the conversation occurs at the end of the consultation or the end of the service. There's also a third answer. And the third answer is maybe. The third answer is no, not today. The third answer is, oh, I need to think about it. Well, I hate to tell you, but most of you are thinking, oh, well, they need more information. And I go, well, no, they don't. Um, Those sorts of answers are answers that are fob-offs. Those sorts of answers are code for no. And those sorts of answers come from people who feel a little bit uncomfortable with confrontation. That's right. Hmm. So whenever I hear a maybe, I treat it exactly the same as a no. And I simply say, that's not a problem. That's right. Diffuse it every time. And from today forward, when you hear a maybe or a not today, just be aware that it's probably from someone who is uncomfortable with confrontation. So deal with it with respect and make it comfortable for them and you to revisit and uh, enjoy the services that you offer in your salon. I hope today has just sparked a few more thoughts and reminded you of a few important skills that we all need to practice on a daily basis to ensure that we, well, we build our customer experience. Because today, you know, the customer experience is what it's all about. It's how our clients react to what we do. Yeah, it's not about us anymore. It's about our clients. And Spensuasion is specifically designed to help you achieve that. Should you wish to explore our Spensuasion program, uh, we are running a last program for the year, which starts off on November 7th. And if you'd like to go to www.spendsuasion, that's S-P-E-N-D-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com.au, you'll see some details there and also a discount voucher that you can grab and use for the course. I look forward to seeing you there and I look forward to speaking with you again real soon. I hope today has been of some help for you. All the very best. Bye for now.